Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. How are we all doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, Beef? Not too bad. It's been a while since we've been in front of a microphone. Holy cow. Yep, time to get it going again. Yep. 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 Uh, we uh, definitely appreciate all those uh, comments and views and stuff all summer long. And, and truthfully, we have been swamped Holy with cow. everything. The businesses are right out straight. Um, Our the, personal lives have gone through a lot. Yeah, yeah. Taylor, congratulations. Thank you. On the yeah. little critter. Yeah. Thank you. Got himself. She's doing a good. Brand new little girl. Everything's doing awesome. Yep. She's yep. a peanut. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see her out in the woods. <laughs> I know. She's going to be a big buck killer. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Just like her grandpa. Yeah. She, she's just so much. When she smiles with her eyes now mm-hmm. and she just, Ay! it's so nice. Yep. Yeah great to be a granddad yeah it's weird how's it feel to be a dad it's about the same a little less sleep (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah no it's been great um yeah you're going to be able to handle being away during deer season yeah yeah i'll I'll be back and forth whether or not the wife will that oh god yeah seriously Mm -hmm. it'll be on and off you know just because i probably won't be able to dedicate this straight time to it right you know we normally had it'll be Having to take some breaks, head back and forth. When it snows, you'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it'll be beautiful. I'll be like, honey, you know yeah. how it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then it'll be <laughs> click, click, pow. And oh. Hey, maybe, maybe I can take a uh, page out of Casey's book. I'll just shoot him the first half an hour. Sure, might as well. Yeah, that'd yeah. work for me. Yeah. Casey's probably going to have to do that again this year, too, because his is due in November. Yeah. yeah. They Early, like, like November... 14th or something like that. Well, I think second week. mid-month is when they're guessing. Yeah, but mid to all the way to like Thanksgiving. They're maybe, not on Somewhere time. in that ballpark. They're never on time anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they're like weddings. Babies are like weddings. <laughs> never on they're time. never on time. Everything <laughs> just kind of. And it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and it works out. <laughs> right? It always manages to work out somehow. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So we've been looking uh, looking in the safe because we got to dust off all of our gear and uh, our eyes fell on to the rifles. And... Like this year too, with all the craziness, like ammo has been about impossible. To Seriously, find. right? Yeah, um, you know this whole shortage, supply chain hoarding, like Just whatever's going on, has kind of been a deal. Trying and to find twelve gauge ammo this year was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Seriously. could not find two and three quarter. I couldn't find three inch for yeah. twelve gauge. Twenty gauge, no problem. There's all kinds of it out there. I think the prices probably will never really be all that great. No. <laughs> In the future, like as is what it used to be or whatever. Right. We'll see. But um I this was like we were thinking about really getting into shooting and we yeah. didn't even have a prayer this summer. We were so busy and yeah. got so much going on yep. and new equipment and just tons of stuff. The shop's been crazy busy. Dude, you have been hammering all yeah. summer. And I Nicely done. I can't, done. Dude, I can't but believe I, it. I, I'm kind of in the middle of the you know mid-November deer right now, and I'm just getting as many done as I can by the end of October and yep. you know do what you can. But also, too, it's just going to be the way it is. And like bears, my God, we're doing a bear podcast. Um, yeah, we want to get this. into bear stuff just a little bit because this has been like the year of the bear, my God, in so many ways, politically, uh, actually, like they're well, yeah, actually everywhere. Between, between legislation and hunter, non-hunter relations and the compost and all this, there's, there's, there are some things that we're going we're gonna to deviate from feed. deer. Yeah, the feed. Like seriously, apples and corn and all that stuff. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna deviate from deer and talk about bears in a future couple podcasts from now or so. This year was not only like bears but bugs. 
I, I'd never seen so many ticks. Even the bears are loaded with ticks this year. Yeah. Um, just a ton of bugs. Uh, maple leaf hole cutters on my land. Every one yep. of my trees looks like a sieve. You know, every single leaf's got about 10 holes drilled in it. And the bug outbreak has just been wicked. Gypsy moss were wicked this year. Um, oak and, and even some of the southern pine really got hammered pretty good. Yep. You know, this was a year of bugs. Oh, yep. my God. And I got a feeling this is going to be a fall of a lot more. Yay. Like uh, Cheryl, I, I some of her pictures were phenomenal. Cheryl Sullivan, um, she was on the Fish and Wildlife Board, and yep. she she's doing a study for the state up in the Northeast Kingdom. And, and she says the ticks are like, wow. Yep. You know, and she's been studying it like two or three days a week now for a month or more. And that's that's really something. And I'd love to get Cheryl on here. She She needs to be on one of these. Dude. Um, so yeah, that, that's coming along. Yeah, we'll work that in somehow, some way. Cheryl's awesome. She's very, um, she is articulate and intelligent, and and I'm pretty sure she's already shot a nice buck with her bow out in New York. That so doesn't surprise me. Yeah, she she's on it. She's so that's cool. She's quite the hunter. But yep. yeah, we'll we'll bring her on too in another podcast. But yep. with the the way ammo has been and with the busyness, it's like the next next few weeks we're going to dedicate to dusting off the rifles and getting our hands back in. We got some. We got to make some ammo. We got to listen to that. Speaking of. Man, that's that's some that. rain. Dude, wow. Too that bad it's not snow. Holy rain. cow. Oh, it's torrential out there. My my pond has been Put three, boots feet, on. three feet low all summer, you know, working on four. <laughs> I mean, it, it's four inches lower. It's about lower. to fill up in the next, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's, it's four inches lower than it's been ever in my whole life. Really? You know, of 30-odd years of owning it, it's, it's lower than ever before. So the water table is really down there. You can tell for sure. And although it seemed to have rained quite a bit this summer, but I, I haven't kept, kept track of the total totals and all that. Hopefully um, it'll, it hasn't affected the, uh, the growth too much of the antlers and hasn't affected the vegetation too much. Nah. And there's going to be some nice we'll bone. I've seen some beautiful trail camera pictures of people oh, yeah. that. So you see yeah, some of the ones, some, nice some ones. of the uh, bucks in Southern Maine that have already gone down. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A couple of Vermont over like, bow deer over 200 yo nice like, ones. nice ones yeah yo, yeah yeah good size racks on them too yeah. um i got a, a, a mid-southern new hampshire deer about 140 inches to mount Ooh. that's a, a really nice one i know um, i still i still looking to break break 130 some people some of us haven't broke 130 inches yet yeah i'd like to break 200 pounds yeah, that's <laughs> I like, I'd like to break thirty inches. God damn it! <laughs> oh, oh. Spike horns don't add up. <laughs> you can't like take. you can't add spike horns together to right. get your. Yes, take. you can. Total bone. You can do that. It takes I, like hey. six to get thirty inches. How many inches of total bone? What, what about that? What an interesting. How many the total inches of, of all horns. of no of all the racks you've accumulated? Oh. Wouldn't that gotten. be an interesting, like, you total your score, and, then, your you, and then you would get an average. Oh you my say, God. my average buck is to- scores, well, it's just more of the same. I don't, of them, you know I don't want to do that. It's a different way of measuring yeah, the same you know stick. I, mean? I don't want to do that, because my average is going to be like six inches, yeah. because <laughs> all I got is spike horns. Right. Well, we weren't going to go on for average. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey. We're we were gonna, doing totals. Anyway, let's like, deviate yeah. before that subject gets anywhere. Anyway, so. We were talking about deer. As the most experienced shooter of the group, you know, you kind of, you should give us the story behind the seven millimeter because, you know, seven millimeter is kind of, it's the most popular deer rifle of our group, uh, yep. you know, of our core group. And you're the, you're, you, I think it was you or Donnell, one of you, was Me. it you that got that first? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you tell us the story about that rifle? Cause I know you used, you had a 30, 30 back in the day. Oh yeah. Yep. And of course you were like after a little bit, you know, but give us, give us a little rifle well, history here. Um, 
the the first seven millimeter I ever shot was a uh, custom stock um, rifle built um, by I think a guy's name was maybe Aiken or something in Barry, and my boss owned it and uh, he knew I knew how to shoot and stuff and he's like you want to take this up and sight it in for me, which isn't a great thing right, right? you have somebody else right, sight somebody your rifle else <laughs> in, but you know he just says you know see how it's doing and he said it should be good. And I said, okay, just, you know, check it out. Yeah. Because he said, I'm pretty sure it's it's always right on the mark and it'll do it. And he had a smaller gun he hunted with the year before and he didn't do too well on mm. a long shot. Mm. And then he's like, I'm going to bring the Magnum. Do you with know me. what it's it was? It's a seven millimeter Magnum. I think the first one was a 300 Savage, the the old lever action Savage. Right, you know? right, right, right. Um, he had one of those and it was a 200 odd yard shot and he missed that's and a, it was low because it dropped and that's he didn't pull. really know you know the ballistics of it real well but he just took a shot and then ended up not getting it and he right. was a little bummed by that and he's like i'm gonna use a real gun so he brought this really custom beautiful it was a full stock right out to the end of the barrel type wow. gun and i brought it up to berry fishing game club and uh uh went up with mike Poland and he, he was going to do his gun too and he's like well we'll just go up together so ray gave me a box and i got up there and, and i i pulled one of those out pulled, pulled, and of course after a 30 30 when you hold a magnum shell in your hand you're like oh my god it feels like a 50 cal you're pulling it out of the right. belt and you're like, yeah. right. This thing <laughs> right right now i don't even think about yeah, it it's, it's no tiny deal, now I, okay so i i throw the round in there you know and um i shot it 100 yards and it was like maybe three quarters of an inch high at 100 yards and i said well that's really pretty decent you know and that's probably me wiggling a little bit if he's right on at 100 but right. and mike says well that's right on at two if you leave it right where it is like so you can shoot from 100 to 200 and like it'll be it's like pretty it shoots, three quarters it of an flat. inch low yeah it's about right. an inch and a half trajectory flat. two inch trajectory yep. depending on how you load it and what you're using for you know grain bullets and do so know, do you know what the grain was I want to say 180. That's a pretty heavy bullet. But yeah, that's about as heavy as a seven millimeter comes, you know. Yeah. And I think there were 180 soft point rounded kind of big long heavy things, you know, soft points. Um. So anyway, uh, and I fired a, a shot, and and that gun kicked. Oh, did that thing kick? And of course, I'd never shot a Magnum before. I'd been you know tinker toying it with 30. 32 special and 30 30s right and and i shoot that thing and and i want to say i'm like 21 22 years old and i shoot that thing and i'm like my god does that thing go and mike poland says to me you have no idea <laughs> right that thing goes bang in my face and i'm like wow is that thing wicked and he says you have no idea and i'm like back. what do you mean i have no idea i just shot it <laughs> and yeah. he's like no so we walk out and we he he fires his his and it's relatively the same it's an odd six right yep. bang and it's kind of the same and so we walk out he says now let's walk out there so we go out to 200 yards and there's a grass marker a two by one grass marker laying out there and there's a steel railroad iron in the back and everybody puts their targets against that and he picks up that two by one four inch thick granite grass marker like you see in a cemetery right the, the little like, yep. flat headstones that are flush yeah. with the ground he picks that thing up and he slams it on the rail and breaks it in half so they're two one by ones yep you know it's one by one granite four yep. inches thick and he stands the two of them up on the railing at 200 yards so we walk back down there and he says you shoot one and i'll shoot one 
and we'll see how it does. And we'll see how it hits, right? Because at that distance, if the other guy's watching, he can tell what part of the grass marker he hit when he shoots. Right. He'll and call and he shot. said, this is supposed to be the, like the super long range gun. He didn't know squat about the Magnum either, right? And he says, but that's supposed to be the gun that really, it's supposed to have more pepper than this thing does. We'll, we'll see, right? So he shoots first and he hits it about an inch and a half high and a couple inches to the right. And it, it cracks the thing in half and on an angle upwards, like a 45 degree angle upwards, and it breaks into three pieces. And I said, boy, you did good. You were just a little bit right and like inch and a half high, you know, from the center of that one by one block. So he says, I said, okay, here we go. So I throw one in that thing and I screw it right up to nine and I lay it right in the middle of that thing and I pull the trigger and that entire thing practically explodes. Like there's not even a chunk <laughs> falling back down to the ground. It, turns into it just powders a one by one, four inches thick granite. Just boom. And you can see a little bit of one chunk about a baseball size fall down. That's nuts. And the rest of it is just powder. And Mike says, wow, now I see the difference, right? His kind of broke it and knocked it over. This thing just wham and it gone. exploded that thing and I was I was <laughs> impressed. I said that is a cannon, right? <laughs> and of course, the, later on when I shot a three hundred or three thirty eight uh, Weatherby Magnum, yeah. right? That's the biggest gun I've ever shot. Three thirty eight Weatherby Magnum, that is a cannon. and that is a real cannon, right? <laughs> like the seven millimeter Magnum will fit inside the case where the powder goes, yeah, and that doesn't count the bullet, the neck, and all the rest of it. It'll fit right? in the it's brass. that big. And, and yeah, the old 338 really, yeah, that, yeah. So we were like impressed with that gun, but I took two more shots and we took two little pieces and stood them back up about the size of a cell phone and set them on the railing at 200 and Mike missed the first time, just barely over the top, but he shot again and he hit it perfect. And then I shot and I hit that you know, cell phone size rock at 200 yards, just picked it right off. And I said, well, that, that gun's pretty good. We're good. Yeah. So I bring it back to my boss and I said, it's, it's right on the money. You're like three quarters of an inch high at a hundred yards. So, you know, aim in the middle of the partridge's neck and you'll take his head off. Right. It's right. It's right there. Center of mass. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, center mass. You're definitely going to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> on a deer. I mean, <laughs> not, right. not, not a, a bird, part, not a bird. Right. Aim at the top of the golf ball at 200 yards and you'll hit it at the bottom of it. Yep. You know, it's that good. So he's like, okay, that's great. And he was happy about it. It was a heavy gun cause it was a full wood stock all the way out to the end. Was it stainless? Was the barrel and stuff nope. stainless too? No. Or is it just no. like standard just, carbon? Yeah. Nope. Just regular blue. It was a beautiful handmade, nice gun, you yep. know, and, and it was beautiful, but that was my first taste of Magnum. And then later on, um, Donnell, uh, there's a little gun store in Williamstown and, and he was Roland Tuzian was a friend of ours. And we said, well, let's go ahead and see what he's got for guns. Donnell happened to be in there and he's like, you know, there's this Ruger stainless steel seven millimeter Magnum, you know, and he, he's selling on consignment. You ought to go see it. Right. So I go down there and, and I said, well, you want to go in there with me? He said, sure. So Donnell and I both go in there and, and I, I picked it up and I held it and I said, wow, that, that thing's cool looking. I like that thing, right? It's big and shiny, right? And it's long. The freaking thing is long. Yeah, you know, you put a 30, 30 next to that thing and it's, you know, six inches longer. It's yeah. like, wow. And I like that. I always like the long gun too much, you know, 
Daniel Boone stuff. So anyway, I, <laughs> uh, I said to Roland, I said, I really like to try it because the last seven millimeter I shot, it was just a kicking son of a gun. And Roland's like, no, this is one of those paddle stocks. Then we'll kick it all. It ain't no more than an odd six. You just take it down there and shoot that thing. Go, go try it. I'll give you some shells, right? So we take, grab a box of shells, a half a box of shells, and, and we hop in the truck and we drive down the road about a half mile to the town gravel pit, um, you know, out there by the baseball field. And, mm-hmm. and we hop out of the truck and Donnell's old F-150 pickup, right? And nice. we look up on the hillside and all the, the, the uh, gravel is, you know, in the wall of the bank where they've been digging. And there's this beautiful, nice, you know, about grapefruit size white rock right in the middle of that thing. And I said, how about that white rock right there? So it's about 75 yards away and it's grapefruit size rock. I put it right in the middle of that thing and pull the trigger and it boom and it's gone. Like just a cloud of dust. Now, Williamstown's in this little tiny valley, right? It's narrow and got kind of and, and the roll when that thing goes off. And Donnell says, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it, a room, right? Yep. And I said, that's a gun. And he says, you won't have to aim two and a half water jugs high at 300 yards with that. He says, <laughs> <laughs> the year before, I had had a 30-30 Savage bolt action. It had rained. We were on the Golden Road. And we said let's do some shooting right so we had a milk jug because we were camping and we had this extra milk jug so and i I can't just throw it away i'm like we got to blow that thing up right (laughs) if you have a milk jug you got to blow it up right Right. so i fill it up full of water and throw it in the back of the pickup we got bored at two o'clock in the afternoon we weren't seeing anything it was raining like crazy we met up with lewis and pete and they said let's do some long-range shooting so we put the milk jug out at 300 yards We, we said let's put it out where we're not likely to hit it and we can all just pick at it a little bit and see how it goes and, of course, we were smart enough to roll a rock about the same size next to it. So if we happen to pop the milk jug, well, we can shoot at the rock a little bit and see what happens. And it's gravel pit off the Golden Road. So we, you know, each shot at it. And uh, Pete Wheatley had a thirty-five Remington, which is like a handgun. <laughs> no offense, you guys have got it. But at 300 yards, yeah. we kept screaming, higher. Right, it and loses he would, all of its range of velocity. And I can't see it in my scope. He's like, I'm at the bottom of the scope, and I'm holding it over, and then I go up where I can't see it anymore and pull the trigger. Jeez. You know, for the bullets to actually land near it. In the vicinity. Yes. Wow. Lewis, um, he had a 7.62 Argentine which is an old, you know, Argentinian military rifle, and, and it it was, hmm. it's, it's a great round. It's a good round. Really? And yep. And he shoots that thing and first shot, bang, and he breaks the milk jug. Beautiful. So we move over to the rock and Don L's just a hair low with his odd six. And then the next shot, boom. And it's right there. So I'm looking at it and I'm like 200 yards ought to be about a foot. So 300 yards ought to be about three feet. For a 30-30, right. you know, a good three feet. So I'm saying that rock's about 16 inches, so I'll go a rock and a half high, pow, and I just barely went over the top. So I shot again, and boom, and I hit it on the second go-round with a 
you know, and with three people watching so that you, you got an accurate call of right. what happened downrange, right? Now, that was all well and fine. And those old savage, bolt-action savages, you know, from the 1960s, 50s and 60s, had a really huge, heavy stock. And the finish wasn't very good. So what happens? It rains for Water. a week. And my stock swells up so bad. <laughs> By the end of the week, I, I can't hit a partridge at 20 feet. It was like carrying a cinder block probably. Well, yeah. Because it's it, so waterlogged. It's got to be heavy. And, of course, it's putting pressure on the barrel. So it changes where you hit like crazy. And it just, it was, and that that soaking wet stock just pissed me off. I'm like, <laughs> I, no. And I'm I'm going to do something different. And, and even Donnell's like, you got to buy a real gun. <laughs> also, too, I imagine when the, when the stock swells, it also moves the scope mounts, too. Well, the bedding is wrong in the barrel, right? It's right. putting pressure. So it's in, and the barrel doesn't the float anymore. Right, the, it's twisting you know, all the mechanisms. At, like you said, adds, adds pressure. Changes, changes the, the, vibration the vibration of the barrel. and now distribution, all that. Yeah, so it's like this isn't yeah not going to work. And, of course, we're in a camper and it's raining every day, so you can't dry nothing out. Right. And that, that was hell for a while there. So, anyway, we... I check out that new gun and i'm like i gotta try that thing and we shoot it down the gravel pit and went right back and laid down the bills and i said i want this thing you know and never looked back i've been been using that magnum ever since i i did buy a, a bunch of different kind of ammunition and it really liked federals uh and the 160 boat tails you know and as i started really and i knew a lot about that kind of stuff anyway a little bit ballistics charts and the long range short range and all that kind of stuff i'd spent some time looking at a reloading manual but i had never really reloaded that much and then of course ammunition prices start going up a little bit it's and i want to shoot that gun it's so nice i just want to shoot it and it doesn't kick for squat you know that paddle stock is really good about kick so i just started shooting it like crazy and i started using it in the spring i wanted to hunt with it Right. So it's like I, deer season isn't enough. I want to shoot that gun more. Right. And Quigley comes along. I start watching that. And then I'm like, okay, time <laughs> to do some shooting. Right. That movie alone was enough to get if, me to yeah, watch. If shoot. you haven't seen Quigley, Tom Selleck, Quigley down under, you got to watch that movie. Yeah. Right. That if you're into guns, movie. that's, that's, you know, a gun show. Yeah. And, and it, it spawned a whole bunch of like the Quigley shoot out West. I mean, yep. they, they actually do that kind of stuff. You know, the Buffalo ping from a million miles away. Yep. And so it, it got me to take it out and use it a lot. And of course, the more I wanted to use it and it was expensive, you know, 75 cents a pole compared to 35 or Almost less, double. less, you know, by reloading it. And then I'm like, okay, I got to try this reloading thing. And Tim's dad had done it for a long, long time. And he, Tim knew a little something about it. And he's like, let's just get a reloading stuff and just start doing it. So I started doing it. And as I learned and got better at it, I just started getting right into the reloading part of it. And it only made sense when I had that, you know, that's the gun you guys ended up with because mm -hmm. that's what worked and, and what I liked. Yeah. And, and some of the shots I I've gotten probably four, I want to say four, I think it's four now, four crows at 400 yards with a regular three to nine Barry X2, wow. you know, so it covers up the entire crow at 400 yards. You know, and I, I picked off four crows at 400 yards with that thing. Jeez. And it really shoots well. And I've had, I think I've only shot once offhand at a milk jug at 500 yards. Once. And I hit it. 
That's a lot. Donnell told me to never brag about it, and I'm sure I've already talked about it on the podcast or whatever. I don't think so. That gun is really good, and, and you, I like it. Well, and you and I did got some. It you and I did some last year. Right, and that's going to be a great video. I can't wait for yep. that. Yeah, we'll get that up. That's yep. We were, I think we were 600. Was it, yeah, we were solid. We were prone, though. We weren't offhand. We, actually, we did yeah. do oh, offhand. We did a end. bunch that's of offhand. Right. Oh, yeah. We did do yeah. offhand. We you ended know, up, sure. of course, I, I had to fight with it. Did I end up hitting it offhand? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. Did I? Yeah, you gotta. I did. You I, me- make that I remember. Video. I, it's yeah, great. I do. It's great I, I do remember whiffing it though. I missed. Yeah. I missed once or twice on prone because that's the farthest I ever shot ever. Right, and Hands it was a, down. a solid five or six hundred yards. Yeah, you and know, that was a long way. Six hundred yards in a long ways. Yeah. And you do. It's a whole different animal when you start reaching. You know, especially if it's an un, an unconfirmed dimension of your object, and you don't have a hundred percent accuracy as to the distance between you mm-hmm. and the object so if you don't know how big your object really is and you don't really know how far away it is it's really difficult to hit it the first shot even if you know your if you know your gun really well mm-hmm. you know you have to have done a lot of shooting in order to kind of be able to just say it's about this you know and, a lot of judging too though right like you have was, to get used to judging distances when and then right. know the real thing and, with distance right and that was oh, yeah. that was the rotation. that was you know we talk about that in that little video and if if we didn't do if we didn't really chat about it on camera we'll throw some voiceover on that because right. you know you having the experience of reaching long distance and shooting long distance a lot is the only reason why i could hit that thing right you know and, what i mean and i wanted I, to be able to shoot a long ways and, right. and know like what it is so of course as soon as you start reloading you learn the trajectory of your bullet yes you have to yeah and because you know and, and you start putting it to memory you know and, yep. you, and like with my gun like that that magnum and especially with the boat tail bullet uh, the sierra game king they're a soft point but they're a spear bullet they're pointed on the end yep um and they're also a boat tail bullet which has a, a nice efficiency flying through the air it puts the air back into shape behind it so it retains some of its energy uh you know over a longer distance yeah, it's, it's a bit more aerodynamic than some of the flatbacks right. the flatbacks fl- flies just, more they, efficiently right they yep. make they make the kind of you know, the turbulent air behind it and they really bust up some of your some of your distance right so that just learning and picking that for a bullet and then working out all the kinks in my barrel and my kind of powder for my kind of power i got all those things so that they started working really good and then just started throwing bullets way out there and of course any fine tuning that you need to do in your scope it a hundred yard adjustment when you're way way out there right if you turn it one click over here now you like want to go an eighth of an inch of a click way eighth of a click way way out there and that old very x2 of mine it doesn't have clicks so I can move it a micro little tiny bit, you know, and get the fine tuning way yeah. out there. Right. And then, of course, when you can see your bullets hit or you have someone to call your shots and you know where you're hitting, it is a lot of fun. And, of course, it boosts your confidence in your shooting ability when you shoot a long ways. Right. I, I recommend everybody do some long distance shooting. And when you practice it a little bit, and even if you find out just how bad you're not, you know, a lot of times you are not that bad. And that old Kentucky windage, you know, you fire and then got to bring it up a little bit and fire. And you learn that a little bit, learn your gun some when you 
step back up to a situation like that again, you'll say, Ooh, it's right about here and bang. And you'll be so close. You won't want to be standing down there. Mm-mm. Right. So it's really, it, it, it's so good of a boosting confidence and also too like fine tuning your shooting, fine tuning your trigger pull, fine tuning your breath and getting yourself calm and cool and and also knowing your trigger pull right the slide or the creep or whatever right beef (laughs) beef's guns junk it's not junk (laughs) it's the same thing you have it's the same gun but the the trigger has not been honed and what a difference in the trigger pull your trigger pulls terrible 12 or 14 pound yeah it's 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 ridiculous. He's just trying to really build up his index strength. No, I guess. that's not a problem. That's what it is. You know, but, you know, at 25 yards, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> and yeah. it, it won't accidentally ever go off on you. <laughs> it, well, no. Yeah. Because Ryan, like, you. A bit. But you he's actually getting d- used to well, it. He does pretty good. Actually, because when Ryan started deer hunting, you just start. Did you just start out on the seven? Yes. Like from the first deer I shot with the first my first buck was the my ontario buck was with dad's yeah. was with i was with uh, jeff tremble he was my guide for that hunt and i was using your seven mag yeah i gave him my gun and, i'm like here use it well gun. no wonder yeah and <laughs> i didn't i didn't have uh, uh i see yeah i didn't have a rifle at that point right, right. I, I was using the uh to the, the 223 Mm-hmm. The little pop gun yeah, that we two, had. The 243? Yes. Sorry. The Ruger? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Same one that I said. Right. Okay, but I'm like, so, if you're in Ontario and you I, happen to I meet a giant sh- deer, right, right. and the odds something. are pretty good, and, and I'm all done hunting, right. you, you might as well t- take you were my gun. Out. Right. And the yeah. uh, and I, you're, you're big enough to to point and hold that thing, no oh, problem. Yeah. I was a junior high school. Part of the deer rifle deal is that you'd be able to hold it and hold it up good. Long hold up, it up for a while steady. in case you have to and be steady with it right. and then still handle recoil when you're tired when you do touch it off, mm-hmm. right? That that's a big that's a big part of like when you're introducing a kid to a deer rifle, you know, that's a big part of it. Or or even a, you know, anybody new to hunting. They've got to be able to hold that thing and hold it properly so that it, they're they're it's nice and tight and they don't get too hurt by the recoil, but they also don't get scoped and they also like don't get shocked by it too much and mm-hmm. and like you got to be able to hold it up. Well, what had helped too prior to all Physically. this, of course, been hunting with you since we were kids, munchkins. So it wasn't like unfamiliar. Yeah, shooting with, was with, with, not with, with shoot, I mean, we shot twenty-two <laughs> until we were literally sick of it. We didn't want to shoot another round. And then you're like, all right, now it's time to upgrade to a. a you you proved you can handle a firearm. Now we're gonna bump you up, and then you're yeah. gonna do the same thing over and over. So I wasn't shocked by the fact that I, you know, I wasn't unfamiliar with the Magnum, and of course. When you're in the heat of the moment, you're shooting at a deer. I don't even feel the recoil anyway. Nope. My adrenaline's to the roof. I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I don't even notice the recoil. <laughs> right. But you yeah. do when you're target shooting. Oh, yeah. It's a completely different ballgame. But, yeah, I just went right to the 7 Magnum. And, of course, um, you and Mom had got me mine for my graduation, for high sc- my high school graduation present. Yep. Which, yep. honestly, was the best graduation present yeah, you could ever that, get was yeah, that rifle. That, that was that was pretty right. cool. And yeah. I have the same scope you do, too. It's a Leopold 3x9. Yep. And I love that, that yep. scope. It's always clear. Yeah. Here's the gold ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, good stuff. You know, and you need a decent scope that'll take the pounding, you know, especially right. on a magnum, and especially if you shoot a lot mm -hmm. and the brush. Like, you need a scope. Yeah, that I was going to say the miles, the, the miles that these guns have to go through, and the, you know, because the more you walk, the more you have it out, the farther the gun goes, and the terrain that you're traversing, the odds of you, that gun hitting the ground increase. Oh my God. You tripping and falling and landing on mm -hmm. rocks and, or it, or you fall, stuck in right, the scope. you slip yeah. and then the thing comes off your shoulder and who knows, you know? <laughs> I've fallen a couple times, like I've been going down a hill, slippery slope, and I slip and I actually, oh. my, the gun's on my shoulder and the sling and I land on the gun. Yeah. That doesn't feel too good. No. Yeah. But Gotta be careful. Yep. Oh, for sure. And but for the most part, you know, if you do it enough, like a month straight, something's probably going to happen. Right. right. And you know. it also, it, you end up, it becomes just a part of you. You know where it is, where it's pointing, mm -hmm. what it's doing all the time. You develop little habits. And, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you develop little habits of like, I'll be walking and whether, you know, if like we're just pounding out a logging room, you reach back and you touch where the safety is. Where's the safety? I do it How's all the time. How's the safety doing? All the time. Mm -hmm. Safety, safety, safety. Or like when it's in your hand, you look down, check. You look down, check. You look down, check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just get used to how it's moving. Like when you have your rifle in your hand, you're going through brush and you lift it up and over and you do this. And you, you know just, where that you get, you know, you get used all to the it. time. Especially like what Tara said, when you're like going through a lot of brush and stuff, like if you're going through some thick stuff, you know where that muzzle is. Yep. You know how much the duck and to turn just oh, so yeah. it clears and it's like you never hit on it. It's, it's probably like how a, how moose and deer go through the woods I when they imagine. have antlers. It's got to be the same thing. You, you know? got to know where you're pointed. The only yeah. <laughs> I think that one of the drawbacks that uh, of the seven because all three of us have seven. You guys have the M77 Mark IIs. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, the M77 Hawkeye. So mine was the addition that came out after. They did some kind of like powder coating. It's still stainless underneath, but they powder coated the stainless. They didn't like them shiny. I, I guess. guess. I guess so. And I, I had a uh, plastic, just a standard synthetic hollow stock. One of those ones that sounds like a, like like dun, 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 when you tap the side of it, stupid freaking. Yep. And then uh, you know Sam. Sam got me the composite stock to put on it. Yeah. So then I had a Pavel stock like you guys. Yeah. Um, and they're virtually the same gun. I have a little, I have a different scope than you guys, but they're virtually the same gun. The thing, the drawback is it's heavy early season and long. It's heavy yeah. and it's long. Mm -hmm. And when you stand in there forever, it does weigh you down a little bit. Of course, by, by like, trying to go under some by December, yeah. you know what I mean? You've got it. It's not that big a deal, but that yeah. first couple of weeks, it's like, man, that thing's heavy. You're, you do any, like, you can't have it on your shoulder. Yeah, you want a gun that fits you and one you really you know like, I mean? and it really doesn't matter right. what you're lugging. It needs as to be, as long as you like it. It needs to be a gun you can control, just like you're saying. Yep. It has to be something that you can hold for a long time, something you can carry for a long time, something that you can manipulate easily. You can handle the recoil. And you can maintain control of it all the time, something that fits right. you too. Yeah. You know, right. because the distance from your trigger hand to your shoulder and then your your steady hand on this four stock, like that has to it has to fit. It has to be yep. so you're not like reaching to because that was well, the thing with too. your gun when we were kids. Like you had to reach like way out because we had little like well, T Rex arms. You know, like we're just you know what I mean? Yeah. Not <laughs> only do you have to worry about reaching in, but if the scope's too close because it doesn't fit you and the scope yeah. Yeah. the scope kicks your eyebrow oh, yeah. or your eye or your nose or something because it doesn't quite fit you. Your gun yeah. thing is like when you change from one gun, whoops, one gun to another, it changes like how you handle them. Mm -hmm. I, I took Casey's little pump, right? He has a and seven I start walking through the pump 
everywhere and my muzzle control isn't as good. It's short mm-hmm. and it's not reminding me that big silver barrel isn't reminding it's, me. And he and, has a subtler it's a subtle gun. Yeah. You know, it's I honestly it's more of a sidearm. <laughs> Casey Casey has a Remington seven millimeter oh eight pump with a green uh his with that stock. green woodstock. Yeah, that oh, stock laminated. is beautiful. Dude, that gun is I do and that, like that, that gun's gun. pretty legendary. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Got the old grunt lock with that guy. But yeah. it's also kind of a just a little get her done gun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Colt revolver. It's, you know, it's like you just it fits nicely in the holster. It is a it gun for Maine. It is a, a gun for Maine. It is. You know what I mean? Up close, it is. Yeah. It's a great gun. Yeah, it's a great it's a nice little gun. And it, it it really shoots well, mm. and having the uh, the peep sight too is right. advantageous, especially when it's really snowy. If it's rainy and if nasty. it's rainy yep. and snowy and foggy, yeah, yep. fog is the other time when that you know the mm. peep sights are really great for for that kind of situation, and especially like when the trees and the berry bushes are hanging with snow, mm-hmm. the peep sight is nice because you can just but for blow picking it out and keep for trucking. picking a pixel. You know what I mean? When you're looking way out there and you, yeah. he's standing right there and you need to get just the right and you can now you can zoom up because you got your scope and you can see him. I, li- I like a scope. I would rather, I, you know, just send Casey in there. He'll push him out. Then we can use our scopes outside. <laughs> send, send in the dog. <laughs> and he, he, he will screw through that brush. And oh, there yeah. won't be anything in there. Oh, and no. He goes through. He'll figure it's it out. It's coming out. And it's coming out <laughs> the other end. And it better watch itself because if he don't get it, then mm-hmm. somebody else is going to be lined up. But and once the, in a while, so we right. all use. I love seven millimeter. Him. Jimmy's ot six. He has a Remington ot six. I think it's a Remington, I isn't think, it? I think it is a Remington. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a Remington yep. bolt. Yeah. 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 Yep. And his is a nice gun. Jimmy, laminated. Yeah. Jimmy's gun is, stock. compared to ours, is so light. The front end is light. It is all, like, hold, I could stand yeah. there with that thing forever. It's a nice gun. It, Jimmy's, like, Jimmy's gun is a beauty. Oh, yeah. dude. And if I had to have another gun, I'd it have one of those. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would be that. Do you know, what's it? What's he using for a load in the Ot 6? Do you know what the... Well, I want to Do say we know? one. I want to say one eighties. I think it's got one eighties. Um, he had some ballistic tips for a while there. I don't know if if these that he's running right now are or not, and they, I don't know if they're petitions. I'm not sure. We'd have to ask him that. We'll have to I ask know him. they they were. He had a bunch of reloads for a while there, but I'm not sure what he's what he's been packing lately. He's he he fired some rounds, right? He is. I mean, some shooting. He must have shot. I bet he shot 20 partridges last year. He was the one who did the work last year. Yeah. Jimmy got it done. Yeah. We didn't do anything. Everybody else missed. And then he's like, I'll show you how to shoot that thing and get out of the way and pow. (laughs) I got a lot of birds with shotgun last year. Yeah. No, that doesn't count. No. (laughs) Does definitely doesn't. (laughs) He's like don't care. We <laughs> we did eat we did eat them and they yes, were good. Jimmy Jimmy and we ate a lot kept of us fed. They yeah. kept us fed. Yeah. Yeah. The uh so here's here's a question back on to the ammunition for the 7 cuz mm-hmm. you you like the soft points. Yeah. The Sierra cop, copper jacket with just lead yeah, on the Sierra inside. Sierra Game King. Yeah. The, the 160 grain. Um they also make a 162, I think. Um uh Bowtail, you know, a right. soft point bowtail, um, and and there's still a spear bullet. They're still pointed on the front, and and of course that's great for a drop box, you know, or a bolt action of some kind. You wouldn't want to use those in a, you don't use a spear bullet in a tube magazine, but 
right because you know, so, it's resting on the primers but right that that is really good i do use magnum primers and i do use uh imr powder i use mm-hmm. uh 4350 and uh, i think it's 59 grains of 4350 um and that's worked really well i've had great luck with it um a lot of times seven or eight reloads i've had a few of them i've reloaded 10 or 12 times out of each brass yeah out of the brass so that's that's pretty good um I don't always super duper take care of the brass and I, I don't always clean them, you know, and get them all polished and perfect. I don't really care about that too much. Um, but it, it's, it's rewarding to build a bullet and then just shoot, then to just kill shoot a deer with it. Right. Or to make an incredible shot with one of your own loads, yep. you know, and, and we took the time to go through all of our rifles, find out whose was the fussiest with that load, which happened to be, Mine, Taylor's. Taylor's doesn't like things. Well, you guys, mine, the amount, the same though. The amount of rounds, though. Yours, how many rounds have you shot through your rifle? Your your gun is not fussy in the accuracy. It's fussy in the fit. Yes, the 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 rounds going inside. It doesn't. It doesn't mind the the low the bullet the amount of powder all that stuff is fine. It doesn't matter about that. It's the length of the brass, right? It it might not fit in when I close the bolt into the breech. And I'm not 100 percent sure if it's because the spec when they milled the when they milled it and bored the gun out if they changed that from the Mark II to the Hawkeye. I'm not sure if that's when they changed. We ended up adjusting the reloading die. You seem to have the smallest chamber. Yes. And the shortest. Yeah. And, yeah. and mine seemed to stretch them. You know, mine seemed to be a little bit big, but mine's also got probably five right. times. That's the what wear. I mean. Like, you it's, know, I've, it's I've worn sh- out. I've easily shot 4,000 4, rounds through my rifle. Easily. You know, what I've would, shot at least. What would 4, you say? How many bullets have gone through your gun beef? Per season? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> no, not, no, I mean, like, total. You know, you you might I'm, shoot a box or two. I'm probably a year. for the life of the gun, probably pushing ra- maybe a thousand rounds for the life of the gun. Well, I don't know. Maybe I I be, doubt it was that high. It probably isn't. Right, but, but you have shot quite a bit. I I had to reload for all of us there uh, twice during me, deer season. I'm talking like 150. Yeah, you 150 have, rounds. My bolt that gun's just, basically still brand new. My bolt yeah. is just barely getting to the point where it's like. You yeah. could do it with your pinky. It's right. so smooth because it's almost to that point. It's not quite as worn in as yours. Off-season shooting, you know, where you're shooting a box at a time or something is yes. really where it adds up. Yeah. Right. right. You know, where if we're hunting for six weeks straight. And you shoot like three times. And we might shoot maybe once a day. <laughs> maybe. If that. Maybe. If that. If that. Right. So. You know, although I have had a few days there, uh-huh. you know, we're, we're coming out and, and he can hear this boom, boom, boom. And, and I'm shooting and shooting and right. shooting. And, and of course you think it's like deer instantly. You're like, Oh, somebody's shooting a deer. Right. Wrong. Yeah. And it, the four partridges, right. Actually, on, sometimes on the, the, the bank, the side bank, they're just standing there and I'm boom. And the dirt flies around them and they could care less. And I'm like, <laughs> man, stand right there some more. Right. And they're about 56, 60 yards away. And I'm trying to shoot them in the head. And the You're neck, basically right? trying to shoot a pencil. <laughs> trying to distance. shoot a pencil at about 60 yards. Right. And, and of shot. course it's a moving pencil. It doesn't yeah. stay put. And I'm spraying dirt all over the place, trying to on kill the bird. The bird's like, what the hell's going on? Right. And, and you know, it's, it's that last 20 minutes. <laughs> It's legal shooting calm. time. I'm on my way out of the woods, and I look up on the bank, and there's a bunch of partridges just standing there. I'm like, well, look at that. It's a herd of partridges. You don't see that every day, right? <laughs> no. So I start, start, and, and I got like four. I think I got four. And like, but I was 
like nine, ten shots. Oh yeah, I, dude. I, you know, and I'd miss every other shot just well, they're, about. They're but exactly it, I, I'm only easy. missing by like a half an inch or something, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's really good practice to to shoot your gun a lot. You know, it, it makes a big difference. And when you can hit something small, then when you do shoot at something big, it's right. Like all of the all of easy. the practice adds up into your confidence, and it adds up into your ability for it to become muscle memory and to become second nature. You know, right. you know, it's one thing to get just get used to having your gun feel like a part of you when you're using it in the woods, not when you're shooting it. It's yeah. a whole different game. When yeah. you get really used to shooting your gun and you know how it feels and it's just automatic, you just pick it up, confirm, boom, you know what I mean? Well, then you're going to start, like, you don't have to worry about it. When, when you're comes. new to it and you're, it's a pretty strong gun. Oh, and you're hesitant and timid. And like you can, you, you not only can pile up experience shooting it, you can pile up your mistakes and continue them. Right. right? You like, can also build um, bad habits too. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. You, you, you have a flinching mistake or something like that. And then from then on, you can have it in the back of your mind and you're saying, I don't want to flinch. Right. It, that, that can happen too. And like getting it by shooting a lot. And even if you establish a little mistake that you're making over and over and over again, compiles, right. Um, it gives you a chance to learn how to get over that. Right, mm-hmm. it's pretty important to learn to either think your way through it or behave your way through it, so that you don't repeat it. But right. that positive frame of mind and continuing that, and then like doing it so much that now it's automatic, and doing pulling up the gun and getting the way you would always get it, and you, you have this routine that you always do, Same like as swinging a, a golf club, yeah. shooting a basket. Pulling any, up your bow, yep. same thing. Any right? any of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you you go through the same, uh, 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 and then boom, and you shoot like with your Center bow, right? Your wiggle. Yeah, you you get all that stuff down so that you know when your prime time to pull the trigger is mm-hmm. in the middle yep. of your, you know, you know where your wiggle wiggle. starts and stops. Yes, you know all that stuff, and that's why that practice is so good. And also too, when you're practicing and you're reloading, when you're asking questions about other things and and learning about all of your problems then it gets really good. It, it cuts right to the chase faster. And this day and age of all this information, you can learn how to do everything now. And it's so easy. And there's really no excuse, even if you're by yourself, aside from the motivation another person gets you to right. go out and track a deer. Or, or the to, accountability, too, of a mistake. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, there's nobody oh. around to give you a hard time about it, so you can let it go. Or Let it go. Well, right? also, and too, learn. though, if you don't know you're making a mistake... Oh yeah, you know if you sure. don't know what you don't know, and that's where having yeah. like a group to hunt with or a, a hunting partner or somebody help right out. Right, they can see things you're not necessarily seeing and be like, "Hey, have you thought about this?" Yep. At so the other things thing, you can film yourself now. Right. Too. At the end you of the day, when it comes to rifles, it has to be one that fits you physically. Feels good. One that is well, the obvious one. It has to be lethal for your game. Because oh, yeah. there's like certain animals, certain seasons, certain places, certain, yep. you know, there's, there's regulations caliber on firearms. Requir- caliber requirements, right. the action requirements. Right. And, Whatever. you know, there has, there has to be that. It needs to be one that you feel confident in and it has to be one that you like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It has to be something that, that you're pumped about <laughs> or, you know, bolted. Right. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> you know? Well, you'll look at it and when you have those feelings of, oh, I want to shoot this thing. Right. right? I cannot wait to open that safe door and pick my gun up. I haven't mm-hmm. picked it up in a long time. It's been a little while. If I needed to grab it and, you know, kill a coyote in the backyard, yeah. 
there's a bullet right there, right? <laughs> and and that is the one gun I will reach for every freaking time when I'm in a hurry and something needs to die right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that big magnum. <laughs> What's your rifle's name? Lightning. And how did it get that name? It never strikes twice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, that's not true. I've seen strikes it. strikes twice constantly. I've Three s- times. I've sometimes. seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> No, I, I just, it's like a bolt of lightning. It just blows that granite. When when that granite went boom and like blew up. It was like lightning. I was this, that's like lightning, man. That's just like bang and it rock and rolls, right? It The roll is so wicked. So I, yep. had, to, I had to name it lightning. That's pretty cool. Yep. And that's where it's been ever since. Yep. And I, we talk about rifle season the most just because, I mean, the drawbacks of other firearms you know what I mean? Like bow's great, but you gotta be point blank. Muzzle loaders. Muzzle loaders are great, but when you mess your screw. <laughs> well also too, like with, with muzzleloader, you don't have the range. Yeah. And like and their their muzzleloaders are really coming around, you know. A lot of muzzleloaders out there are kind of starting to bridge that gap between muzzleloader and rifle. They're more like rifles now than they yeah, ever used to they're be. They're a hybrid. But yeah, for but sure. They're a hybrid. The the capacity for range and the ability to reload quickly and the versatility that a rifle can offer is just it's it's the best you know rifles can still move a volume of lead if you need to they can also get wet without ruining your right ability to shoot right and then just in general it's just an easier and a more convenient and a more conducive to almost every situation kind of firearm that's why that's why we're always so it's the best thing to carry (laughs) right that's why that's why we're in love with rifle season you know it's the best as far as what we're concerned with and you know it doesn't matter what your rifle is as long as you've got one and you know how to use it and you're comfortable with it you work it and you're gonna you're gonna make it connect and practice 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 when it comes time to uh actually pulling the trigger you'll be just fine yeah and do some long-range shooting you know, that, it's fun. You it get, a, get some people like, together. Yeah. He, he, it's a blast. He says to me, like, I don't know, man, that's a long way. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, that, how big is that rock? It looks like about four feet high. It's like big. it's big as my shop table. It's big. So but that's not, four not that feet distance. and it's about 600 yards and I need 38 inches for 500 yards. And if that's about 48 inches, if I go about half or three quarters of a rock high, I should hit that thing. In the top third. Yeah. Or half. Pow. Boom. Right off and on yes. the first shot. Yeah, seriously. First <laughs> shot. He just goes bang. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it's some cool footage. Because yeah, you know, the be power fun. shot, you know, recording some of your long range shots. And I think uh, I've watched a lot of long range shooting on YouTube. And the ones where they show the target and they show the shooter mm-hmm. both at the same time you know, with a, like a split screen, that is really the way to film it, you yes. know, with a camera downrange, seeing what's hitting. Well, and then you, also too, that way you can not only see the bullet hit, you get to see the effect, his movement and what like he or she, yeah. whatever they were doing when they were shooting, you can see the result at the same time happening. You know? Right. And you can study should, how you did. That. Like you want to watch yourself shoot things. 
Yes. You know, on video, you want to watch yourself. Well, we talked about that. And it's great. Cocoa Puff's birthday in yep. 2019. We were out down the range shooting, and we are like, we should film ourselves shooting more, and we just haven't. You know, that's right. definitely something that we should do. It would right. improve our shooting. In- well, we did this last season, and it was just a few, few minutes at right. the end of the day right. in this big dead-end dirt road, and nobody's out there, you know, and, and it's a sun, long way. sun's going down. sun's going down, and, and there's this one rock way Ask, out across just the Just asking valley, for just it. Just asking for it. And it's like, <laughs> let's just shoot that rock and see how it goes, you know. And it's really something to pow, and then puck, and you see, hear it hit down there, the time delay. I just... Well, in the in the film, Can't you can enough. see the bullet trail. Yeah, and you can actually because it, it's so far away and you're zoomed up so yeah, much, you, you can, can see, see the, the wake. Ri- yep, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's wild. It's really good camera to to be able to you know see the wake of the bullet. Yeah. You know, arcing down. It's a little into dark. It. Is the yeah. only thing. I'll see if I can. Right. I'll see if I can mess with that a little bit. Yeah. But. I know when uh, Rick Blas uh, there was uh, filming uh, the Benoits. And he was filming Shane in uh, Ontario shooting at the deer on the power line. And I'm standing at their booth at the Yankees Classic, right? And I'm, I'm watching Shane shoot this deer, right? And he comes over and he's standing there with me. And, and I'm watching him shoot. And, and I can see the bullet wake. You know, and I said, you can see the bullet right there. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, watch right here. And I pointed on the screen. And then they replayed it. And you could see the wake, you know, the blur as a bullet was flying out to the deer and he's like, wow. And I said, that's a really good camera. Cause it, it's seeing oh, yeah. that little tiny heat wave going out there. And that was back in the, that was back in the And day. that was a long shot. That was, Whoa, that deer yeah, took and that was an old, ca- that's an old, that was a long time ago. Oh yeah. That was not yesterday. Camera. Right. You know and then I mean? it goes to show that for that day and age, that was a really heat, yep. you know, he had a, they had a good crew. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was really good stuff. And it makes a big difference. And to, you know, just clean your gun and, know it and take care of it keep Jimmy, it working jimmy's a big it. proponent he says clean your guns take care of them yep if you yep. want them to shoot right you want them to last you gotta take care of them yep take care of the scope too i i have managed to uh to drop it once I really hard yeah i remember that on a dirt bu- frozen bummed. dirt road mm-hmm. and it slammed sideways it slipped just, off your shoulder right and you, well, went to, and you went to grab it? Yeah. And you slipped and I, and... Right. And, it, and as I'm grabbing it, I just helped it fall more, you know, yeah. trying to trying to save it, right? Right. And, you know, I tripped just a little bit, and it was on my shoulder, and I was trying to grab at it, and yeah, it just ended up, kaboom, and, oh, that thing slammed pretty hard, and the scope didn't like that. Mm. The still, top part of the crosshair broke right Didn't you still off. shoot a deer with it that season, too, even with a... I, I adjusted it a little tiny bit. I fired it right after that. It was first thing in the morning, fresh out of the truck. Of course. Naturally. Right? So I, I'm i like, oh, man, really? You know, and the top crosshair was broken. I remember you sh- you're like, look at this. I And I'm looking down, and he's like, what do you think's wrong with that? And I see, remember seeing that top part of the crosshair just I like at a 45, Broke. and I was like, oh, no. It hurt me. <laughs> so I, I screwed up on it a little bit because it was low, like really, really low. I shot it once at about 75 yards at about a three-foot rock, and it hit the bottom of the rock. It was that bad. It was bad. And I'm like, oh. So I turned it up as far as I could and fired another shot, and it was only about four and a half inches low at 75 yards. It's better. And I said, okay, at least I guess I can hunt the rest of the day. I fired a couple, three shots, and they all hit in the same place. So at least you so know I, where it's at hitting. At least it, it – will probably kill a deer today. I, I got no choice. Right. You know, we're 30 miles from anywhere. 
in a long ways from a gun store and like nothing's going to be happening today anyway Mm -hmm. but i can consistently shoot just four inches low at 75 yards so if a deer is going to stand there i'm probably going to take a shot at it probably and of course nothing ever happened all day right and at the end of the day after handling it all day i went right back to the same rock and fired another shot and and it was still right there that's a leopold for you so you know they're tough they're tough they can handle it but that doesn't mean it couldn't just fall apart at any second right you know but and i I was glad i didn't see anything (laughs) you know it was okay it was but also too though that's a tribute to the the scope because it's, and the company, they fixed it. Right. Well, the company, <laughs> sent, they fixed it and sent, sent it right back. Yeah, and it was guaranteed for life. Yeah. Right. But that's a tribute to the company to make a quality scope because it held for the day. That's amazing. After shooting it and adjusting it, and it was still where you left it. And it got slammed. Oh, that thing got slammed. Well, not sponsored by Leopold. No, not in Unle- any way. Unless they want to. We don't do commercials. I'm just saying. I wouldn't mind a scope. They'd have to just send us a check. We're that, not going to do yeah, commercials. That'd so. be fine. You know, <laughs> we'll talk but about, I don't it. mind talking about stuff that works. Right? Yes. And stuff that's good. Yes. If you use it then, and it works for you. Yeah. Great. That's one thing. Yep. Yep. So we're looking forward to getting out there shooting. We're probably going to do some shooting. Uh, it's getting a little dark right now, but we'll probably shoot some tomorrow or the next yeah, weekend. Be a we're going to start gathering up our stuff and, uh, really looking forward to, it. we're going to be heading up end of October and, uh, see if we can get Cocoa Puff on before deer season starts. He's a busy man right now. Yeah. yeah. He, him too. He's Jeez, a busy he's man. He's been crazy all summer. He's been pouring cement and running excavators and just uh. going crazy. Yep. yep. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it, learned a little something, maybe got a chuckle or two. If you guys have any suggestions for future podcasts or you have any comments, questions in general, you can always email them over to askmtndeer at gmail.com. It's our podcast email just for you guys. And as per usual, you can always reach out on any of our social media platforms hit us up chat see what's got going on we're, if anyone's got a deer feel free to tag us in that we'd love to see all you guys the smiling faces and with your big bucks and whatnot you know hope everyone has a fantastic preseason if you know you're in bow season good luck out there yep have fun when the weather's starting to straighten out it's coming i oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. right i know yeah. oh man next starting as well yeah and and yeah. like to just get back and go uh you know, just, and I've been in the woods quite a bit this summer, but like, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. I won't have a chainsaw in my hand. It'll be close. <laughs> It'll be close. I'll probably end up wishing I had a chainsaw in my hand. Oh my Cause God. every it now was, and then I do run into a nice it tree. It was that but. way in Colorado. We couldn't keep his eyes on the horizon. He was looking up all the time. Oh, look at, look at, oh, oh look at this tree. Let's cut that thing. Look at that. <laughs> you know, how many board feet you think are in that? And of course we're Ponderosa pine and all that stuff. It's like dad down here. We're looking for elk. <laughs> we're not, we're not logging Colorado. Come on, man. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening from everyone here at Mountain Deer HQ. Thanks for listening. Have fun. Good luck out there guys. And happy hunting.